morning. Our reading this morning will be 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, and it reads, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right. My clicker is not advancing the slide. Okay. Um, Anyone? Anyone? (laughs) Thanks, Jordan. Just give it a check. Thanks. The lesson this morning is entitled, Are You Sure You're Saved? Are you sure you're saved? And it's an important question to ask because many people have gone through their lives without ever really being sure that they're saved. They've gone on through their lives for a number of years and there's this constant sense of nagging doubt and uncertainty about whether they're really in a right relationship with God. The question is also important because many people have gone through their lives and they've assumed that they were saved. They've assumed that everything was fine in their relationship with God and yet the Bible warns us that many will say to Jesus at that day, Lord, Lord, did we do many mighty works in your name? And he will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. What about you? Are you sure that you're saved? The Bible commands us to examine ourselves and see whether we are in the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. The Bible indicates that not everybody who believes that they're a Christian is actually a Christian. But the Bible also indicates that we as Christians need to invest our lives and invest our hearts in knowing what God has taught, what God desires of us. So as we ask the question, are you sure you're saved this morning? What I'd like for us to do with our study is just ask four questions As we think about the question, four questions that all of us need to think about, all of us need to be a part of. Jordan, how are we doing? It's, you're going to control it from back here? Excellent. I'm just going to point at Jordan when I need things advanced. Okay. Hey, technology, it's always fun. Okay. Do you just want to shut it down? I'll just preach from the pulpit here and we'll be fine. What's this? Okay, trying to bring it up. Okay. All right. Hey, we're going to have fun one way or another this morning. Are you sure you're saved? First question to ask this morning is this. Can a person be sure he's saved? I mean, is it even possible for someone to be sure that they're saved? Luke chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Jordan, Luke begins his gospel by saying this. It seemed good to me also having followed all the things closely from some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. What Luke was writing his gospel for was so that 
people could have a certainty, a surety that the things that were being taught were so. Next slide. Next, advance twice. Acts 2 verse 36, on the day of Pentecost, Peter, as he's preaching to his hearers, says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain. We can have certainty, the Bible teaches, that God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Can a person be sure? Can we know? Absolutely. In Romans chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says, we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against all who practice such things. We know that judgment is according to a standard. Can a person be sure he's saved? Questions to contemplate. You know, as we ask the question, can a person be sure he's saved? Has God told us how to be saved? The answer is absolutely. In Acts chapter 16, verse 30, the Philippian jailer said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he was given an answer. God has told many people how to be saved. Can we trust Jesus Christ to do what he said? In Titus chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible advocates that God is one who cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie, as a matter of fact. Therefore, when it comes to the question of, can I know I'm saved? Can I trust God to do what he said? And then the question, can we know whether we have done exactly what the Bible says? Can we know? When God says, I want you to do this and this and this to be saved, can we trust God that he's telling us the truth? And then if that's true, can we know that we've done exactly what the Lord requires of us? James 1.22 counsels us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Is it possible for a person to be sure that he's saved? There is certainty. But let's ask this question secondly this morning. As you ask the question, can we know we're saved? How can a person be sure he's saved? How does that even happen? Let me start with some ways that it does not happen because many have assumed that they're in a right relationship with God and yet we may be basing our salvation, we may be basing our assurance on something that is false or uncertain. We can't know we're saved just because we feel like we're saved, brothers and sisters and friends. Proverbs 14, 12 tells us there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of destruction, of death. There are many people who feel like they're in a right relationship with God, but that's not the basis for our assurance. Secondly, it's not by mere sincerity that we can know that we're saved. There are many, many sincere people in this world who sincerely believe that they are following Jesus Christ, and yet Jesus is the one himself who said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but rather he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Sincerity is essential, but it's not in and of itself enough. And third, how can we know uh, that we're saved? How can we be sure that we're saved? Not by following the majority. Jesus said that the way that leads to salvation is narrow and few there be that find it. The way that leads to destruction is broad and many go that way. In Exodus 23 verse 2, the Bible counsels us, do not follow a multitude to do evil. Not by following the majority can we find assurance of salvation. You know, we're not going to find assurance of salvation by imagining God to be different than he is. Isn't it interesting that when God does not seem to conform to our preconceptions, very often our response is to remake God in our own image. 
to make God the way we think he should be or the way we hope he will be. And yet that's not a formula recipe for success spiritually. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 speaks about God and his holiness and how the whole earth is full of his glory. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 8, the Bible speaks about God as love. In Titus chapter 1 verse 2, it speaks about him being a God of truth. He is a God of goodness and severity, Romans 11 verse 22. We need to take everything that the Bible teaches about God and about what he says and allow all of that to inform and instruct us. And when the message conflicts with what we desire, we don't change the message about who God is, rather the message changes us and conforms us more to his image and not the other way around. We don't find assurance of salvation by just imagining that God is going to somehow be lenient or that he's somehow going to overlook things that we prefer he overlook. It doesn't work that way. We will not find assurance of salvation through the teachings of men. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 9, Jesus condemned the Pharisees. He said, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. When we take ideas and thoughts and commandments that come from human beings and we start to lean on those and believe that those are how we're going to find salvation, we're lacking assurance. It's not through the teachings of men that we can be sure that we're saved. So turn it around, how can a person be sure that he's saved in a positive way? In Psalm 119 verse 9, the psalmist asked this question, how shall a young man cleanse his way? He might just as easily have been asking, how shall a young man know that he's saved? And the answer that the psalmist immediately gives is by taking heed according to your word. Your word, it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's how people find assurance of salvation. In James 1 verse 21, the New Testament tells us to receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. If you're listening to what I'm saying this morning, hear this. You will find assurance of salvation in one place in the Bible. Listen to what the Bible teaches. Receive it meekly and let it teach you what it means to be saved. In Hebrews 5 verses 8 and 9, the Bible describes Jesus in his ministry. It says, though Jesus was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And having been perfected, Jesus became, watch this, the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. When we ask the question, how can one be sure that he's saved? We ask the question, are we sure we're saved because we feel like it, because we think so, because some preacher, some pastor somewhere told us we were, or are we saved because we know that we have followed in the footsteps of Jesus, he obeyed God, and he becomes the author of salvation to all who obey him. Two things are required. Can a person be sure he's saved? Number one, we must examine the word of God. In Acts 17, verse 11, the people that were there in Thessalonica, in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily to see whether what they were hearing was really true. They searched the scriptures. And you and I, if we would have assurance of salvation, we must open our Bibles and open our minds and examine God's word. And secondly, we must then examine ourselves in light of God's word. Listen to what I'm about to say. Go back, Jordan. Thank you. Listen to what I'm about to say. 
Our tendency as human beings when we study the Bible is to do one of two things. We tend to study the Bible either to justify ourselves, to prove that we're right, or to tell somebody else how they're wrong. We tend to study the Bible for those two reasons, to prove that I'm doing things right or to prove that somebody else is wrong. And what the Bible says is you must accept God's criticism of your life. You must accept his teaching about who you are and what you're like. In Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, the psalmist says, search me, O God, examine me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We'll find assurance of salvation when we come to God's word, when we examine it, and then when we turn God's word upon our own lives, upon our own hearts, and let God's word be a mirror that reflects back to us who we are in the light of God's will, in the light of his revelation. Examine God's word, examine ourselves in light of God's word. Next question this morning, how sure can we be? Isn't that an interesting question? How sure can we be? Because when you ask the question, a lot of people, if you, if you ask them, are you sure you're saved? What you'll get is, well, I think so, I hope so, I might be, maybe. I kind of feel like I am. Listen to what we're going to say this morning. Scripture deals in assurances, not in assumptions. It doesn't deal in just assumptions. When the New Testament writers gave us God's word, they spoke about full assurance. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, the Hebrews writer says, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water. He's saying, don't give up on your Christianity because there is full assurance. It's not a think so, hope so, maybe kind of religion. There is assurance because of what Jesus has done for you. You can know that you're in a right relationship with him. Another passage, Colossians chapter two, verse two, that our hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. There were some people in Colossae 2000 years ago who were saying, you guys, you Christians, you've got a little bit of the truth, but there's so much more that you haven't, you haven't understood yet. There's so much more for you to know if you really wanna be saved. And Paul is saying, no. If you have heard and obeyed and believed and done what the gospel requires, if you have responded to the work of Christ on the cross, you have a full assurance of understanding. You know what God desires you to know. And you can know God, you can have a knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Full assurance. Once you listen to and respond to the gospel, there is assurance in obedience to Jesus Christ. Next passage, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. The writer says, we desire that each one of you Christians show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end. He's trying to encourage his brethren to keep on, fight the good fight, hold on to Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Don't do something that seems easier right now because in doing that, you're losing your assurance. If you'll just hold on to Jesus and if you'll just be diligent in serving him, if you'll just follow him, there is full assurance of hope to be found in that kind of lifestyle. Next slide, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. This was the scripture reading read by Brother Ben a few moments ago. Listen to what it says. There's a condition. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, that's the condition. And then there are consequences that come from the condition. If we walk in the light, what can we expect? 
God? What does it say? We have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What's the condition? That we come to Jesus Christ, that we obey the gospel, and then that we walk in the light, that we live a lifestyle that reflects that we belong to God and that we want to know him better and we want to know him more fully, that we want to pursue him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Live that kind of lifestyle. Walk in the light. And you have assurance that not only do you have fellowship with those of like precious faith, but you have the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. It goes on to say in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. So how sure can we be? We just looked at several passages and there are many more like these. Brothers and sisters and friends, look at the screen, look at what it says. Full assurance of faith, full assurance of understanding, full assurance of hope, saving to the uttermost, Hebrews chapter seven, verse 25. All of these things speak about our salvation and they do not use question marks. I know a lot of Christians when it comes to their salvation that use question marks. Don't put a question mark where God put an exclamation point. Do we need to examine ourselves? Absolutely, continually, repeatedly. Do we need to continue to pursue and be diligent in our faith? Absolutely, repeatedly, continually. But in the midst of that lifestyle, we can know we're in a right relationship with God. The Bible tells us so. Fourth question this morning. This is for you. Are you sure you're saved? Just for you to think about, are you sure that you're saved? In the first place, let's think about this. You can't be sure you're saved unless you believe what the Bible says. Did you know there's a sin in the Bible that's called the sin of unbelief? You know what the sin of unbelief is? The sin of unbelief is looking at God and saying, I don't believe you. Or looking at God's word and saying, I don't believe this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, without faith is it impossible to please God? It's not possible. In Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes not will be condemned, Jesus says. Do you wanna be sure you're saved? You gotta believe what the Bible says. And then, having believed what the Bible says, you need to obey what it teaches. Obedience is essential. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say, Luke 6, 46. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, James 1, Obey what the Bible says. And specifically, there are some things, if you're not a Christian, that God expects us to do. God says, we must repent of our sin. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish, Jesus said, Luke 13, verse 5. Acts 17, 30, and 31, God commands all men everywhere to repent, to turn away from our sin and our sinful lifestyle. But not only that, the Bible commands us to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whoever confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father in heaven. Whoever does not confess me before men, denies me, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 9 and 10, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. We are to confess publicly that Jesus Christ is God's Son. And then the Bible tells us that part of becoming a Christian is being baptized. 
When they asked on the day of Pentecost, men and brethren, what must we do? The answer they received was very clear. Repent and be baptized, Acts 2.38. For the forgiveness of your sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death, Galatians 3, verse 27. How does one get into Christ? By being baptized into Christ. Are you sure you're saved? Have you obeyed what the Bible says that one who is lost must do in order to be saved? But let's not just leave it all about what's going on with us. Let's think about what God has promised to provide. Are you sure you're saved? God provides, brothers and sisters and friends, instruction to our hearts. That's important to think about. He has instructed us and he has shown us his will, his way, what he desires. Psalm 119 verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. God wants us to know his will so that we can have assurance. Secondly, God provides forgiveness for our sin. He has sent a savior. He has made a way. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1 verse 21. You know, sometimes when we ask the question about assurance, can I be sure I'm saved? Sometimes we look only at ourselves and not nearly enough at Jesus. There needs to be a balance there. God provides strength for today. Whatever we are going through, whatever struggles and trials we face, God has said, my grace is sufficient for you. Whatever it is that we struggle with and whatever troubles we worry about, Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for today are its own troubles. Matthew 6, verse 34. What does God provide? He provides hope in the midst of our troubles. Hebrews chapter 13, verses five and six, God says, I, God, will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, I can say confidently, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? We can find assurance in the promises and the hopeful things that God says to us. What does God provide? He provides assurance to every single one who desires it. Do you want assurance? Do you wanna know that you're saved? Open the pages of scripture, examine what the Bible teaches, and then open your own eyes and look at your life and ask, am I doing what God asks me to do? Am I trusting in what God asks me to trust in? Do I believe the promises and the hope that are found in Jesus Christ? There is assurance to be found if we'll turn our eyes and our hearts and our hope to him. God provides those things. I ask again this morning, are you sure that you're saved? Don't just assume and don't just live with a constant cloud or question mark over your head. Listen to God's word, do what it says, respond to him in humble, submissive, obedient faith, and God will reward you by blessing you according to his promises and his scriptures. Do what he says and accept the gift that Jesus made for you at the cross. If we can help you to become a Christian this morning, by belief, confession, repentance, and, and obedience and baptism, you can do just that. Or maybe you need to respond and you'd like to ask for prayers. Whatever your need is this morning, whatever we can do to help you, won't you come while together we stand and while we sing.